welcome, welcome. We are so excited to have you with us today. We have our friend, Hermarise, on the phone. She is from Puerto Rico, and her and I were just kind of reminiscing about when I was back in the military and my Puerto Rican buddies and, and <laughs> all different kind of cultural buddies and the things that we would do and the crazy antics we would get into and, and super fun. And so I'm really excited to hear Hermarise's story. Now, right now, Megan is actually on the phone with the contractor. If you remember from our last episode with Laura, talking about remodeling her house and termites and everything like that, <laughs> this is the same day. We're recording these um, episodes sequentially on the same day. And so she is talking to a contractor bringing in her kitchen cabinets right now. So normally, Megan would read a review of the week, but I'm going to do that right now while Megan gets her countertops figured out. All right, the review that I am going to read says, um, it's from Jamie Poor on Apple Podcasts, and the title is The Absolute Best. And she says, after having a scheduled C-section in 2016 for my son being breached, he flipped between 38 and 39 weeks. So this came as a quick, quite a shock. I knew I wanted to have a V-back for my next baby. Fast forward to 2019 to my second pregnancy with our daughter. I found your podcast and obsessively listened to every episode to motivate and educate myself leading up to my due date. It even made me look forward to my long commutes to work. That's really cool. I hired a doula, drank the raspberry, red raspberry leaf tea, ate the dates, did the spinning babies, did all the things, and guess what? With the help of all my education and advice provided on this podcast, I got my feedback. I learned how to ask for what I wanted and to advocate for myself with my doctor. And when my body cooperated and went into labor, I felt so prepared. My daughter was born on January 25th, 2020. And I have to say her labor, delivery, and birth was the most healing and empowering experience of my life. Thank you, ladies, for providing this podcast for all women preparing for birth. And... I absolutely love that review. Oh my gosh. Like it, it makes my heart happy. I, do you know what? I think I just, <laughs> I was listening to our podcast today on the road to the post office to drop off our packages. And I think I said that exact same thing after review because I was listening to the podcast in the car. Anyways, makes my heart happy. Always has, always will. We love you guys. We love the reviews. Keep them coming. It's what keeps us going. I tell Megan we get, paid by the podcast in in warm and fuzzies that's that's how we that's how we get paid with all these warm and fuzzy reviews and letting us know that the things that we're doing and bringing you are really helping you to have your best birth possible you are tuned in to the VBAC Link podcast with Julie Frankham and Megan Heaton. VBAC moms, doulas, and educators here to help you get inspired for birth after having a C-section. Together, they have created a robust VBAC preparation course along with this uplifting podcast for women who are preparing for their VBAC. Although these episodes are VBAC specific, they encourage all expectant moms to listen and educate themselves on how to avoid a cesarean from the get-go. The purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. It is not meant to replace advice from any other qualified medical professional. Here are your hosts, Julie and Megan. Do you want a VBAC but don't know where to start? It's easy to feel like we need to figure it all out on our own. That's what we used to do and it was the loneliest, most ineffective thing we have ever done. 
That's why Megan and I created our signature course, How to VBAC, the ultimate preparation course for parents that you can find at the VBAClink.com. It is the most comprehensive VBAC preparation course in the world, perfectly packaged in an online self-paced video course. Together, Megan and I have helped over 800 parents get the birth that they wanted, and we are ready to help you too. Head on over to the VBAClink.com to find out more and sign up today. That's the VBAClink.com. See you there. All right. So we're so excited. We have our friend Hermarice today with us, and she is from Puerto Rico. Um, she actually ended up in Virginia because her husband joined the Navy. So thank you to Alex, her husband, for his service. Um, after four years of marriage and spending most of their time apart, they fell pregnant with their first daughter. Can I just say, I love having a girl first. I always was bummed that I didn't have a boy first, but man, my daughter, I loved like having the, a boy. First. She's the best helper. She's like a little mini mom. My boy's um, the best helper. She says that <laughs> she, I'm sure they all are, right? I'm, first I'm, just <laughs> I'm not trying to one up you, I promise. I don't even know why I'm still talking. Go on. Go on. <laughs> she says that she loves learning, which is why she has a bachelor's degree in education and a master's degree in theology and a certificate in paralegal and mediation. Wow. 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 That's amazing quickly discovered and says, I was not meant to be a lawyer, <laughs> man. I quickly discovered when I opened my husband's textbook that I was never going to be a lawyer because I could never read what was in that textbook. It's not even English. So let's see. So you have a certificate in photography and you're currently working on art certificates in marketing and graphic design. Girl, you are a powerhouse. <laughs> Holy cow. This is amazing. Because all of this comes together and helps her with her new blog, newly released YouTube channel, and her photography business. Through all of this, Which we're going to link in the bottom of the show notes so you can go check all of them out. Yes, definitely. So go follow, go like, go subscribe, do all the stuff. Through all of this, she wants to empower other parents to be the best version of themselves because she believes that no matter... No, oh, sorry said that no one would be a better parent to your kids than you. And I couldn't agree more. Says all of that sprinkled with some Disney love and a whole lot of coffee. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I cannot wait to hear your VBAC story and your I journey. Like we should be friends. I know. I just add feel, her to the tour. Add I feel like I need to add you to like stop. my mentor list. Like, can you tell me how to do all of these out? things? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, we're so excited to turn the time over to you to share your story. Um, so yeah, share away. Wow, guys. Thank you so, so much for that. I'm really, really flattered for, for me to be a part of this. So first of all, thank you. Yes, I do love learning. And sometimes it can be a curse because in, in the sense that I can... I can just keep on learning and not actually put into practice what I've learned. So I'm learning to actually put into practice while I keep learning. And it's just, to me, it's so much fun. To me, there is always something new to learn. And I was going to say, I was hearing the review and, oh my God, her story sounds so much like mine because my girl was also in position mm -hmm. and at my 39-week appointment, they did the ultrasound and they found out that she was breached. 
And that was that was on a Friday Aww. and it was the most like those news and let me tell you something. My husband went to every single one of my appointments and to that appointment I told him not to because we had just closed on a house and he he just I told him just go buy the furniture. I'll go. They're going to say the same thing. It's a boring pregnancy. Everything is okay. And that's when they dropped that bomb. So I was alone. Uh, my family was currently flying from Puerto Rico so I couldn't even call my parents at the moment because they were they were on an airplane. I had to do it all by myself. They wanted to do an an ECV, but I told the doctor, yeah. you are not touching me today. We are <laughs> scheduling it for next week because I am alone. So they scheduled it for Monday. This was on a Friday. They scheduled it for Monday. And the the weekend it kind of gave me just enough time for me to get over the fact that I had to have a epidural because it was, it was going to be painful what they were going to do. So came Monday, she was still, I, I tried, I tried um, spinning babies during the weekend. It, it didn't work. She did not budge. She just turned from sitting to traverse. So she was even worse. Um, they tried the ECV. She did not budge. She just turned on her side. We ended up with a C-section. She came, her Apgar, I believe the, that, that first Apgar was a two. It was, it was terrifying. But anyways, my, my biggest like uh, from that is that because of the epidural, I couldn't feel anything. And when I say anything, I couldn't even feel the, the first time that she breastfed. Like they put oh, her to, on my chest you were, and you I went could numb not. I was completely I went numb, numb too. I went numb to my neck. Like I couldn't mm-hmm. feel my, um, you know, yep. like your neck, like what is this? Like I don't even know. Your collarbone? That is exactly I how couldn't, I couldn't, like I feel like I couldn't even feel my collarbone. It was like so awful. That is and my exactly arms were heavy. Yes. Heavy, heavy. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry that you had that. So it was so that and that that really took a big toll on me. I went down a depression path, but I was hiding it. I, I was out at and you know, it took some time. But from that moment, I knew I wanted a VBAC because I had a friend who had already went through a VBAC. So I was like, VBAC, like that was my mentality. And I started to focus on that. I found the VBAC link. I started to listen to your episodes. And that second pregnancy came and my, my second daughter at 20 something weeks, we found out that, cause again, as we said, we are military. So they decided that we're going to close out the hospital. So at 20 something weeks, I was told you have no OBGYN right now. We're going to send you to someone else. So I was changing doctors at around 30 weeks to someone I didn't know so, and someone they chose because they do not give me the option. Try care. It's just, this is what you get and deal with it. Thankfully, that doctor was pro my VBAC. I went all the way to my 40 weeks. She was in position. Oh, but wait, at 35, I had a scare because this, this second pregnancy was harder it was also more tiring because I was working at the time. And at 35 weeks, my doctor told me, you need to stop working. So he sent me home because I had a preterm scare. At 38 weeks, my mom 
came from Puerto Rico. She came, uh, stayed with me, took care of us, and by and came the 40 weeks. And my only prayer, my only thing was, oh, my God, I need to have this baby. I got to have this baby. I got to birth this baby. And yeah. I remember he, he was like, well, we're going to schedule you an induction. And I was like, okay, yeah, sure. But in, on the inside, I'm like, my baby's going to come before. My baby's going to come before. I didn't want to say, uh, like, have a fight with him. So yeah. I was like, my baby's going to come before. The thing is, it worked out in the sense that since they had sent so many moms to doctors outside, all the hospitals turned out to be super full at the time. So they had to cancel my induction because they were full of babies in all the hospitals in the area. Um, so he he pushed he had to push my induction twice. And on that time that he pushed that induction, I actually went into labor by myself on the night before. Boom. Awesome. Yes. And it was, and it was like, it, it, it was epic. And here's, here's how it started. So the day started with us picking my dad and my brother at the airport. We went to eat. We came home. We were all sober, super tired. So we just, we had an app. And I woke up with a very strong contraction, a very strong and different contraction. I was like, oh, this is different. So we went out. We, we kind of like walked around. I sat on my ball and I kept having contractions, but they were like half an hour, 15 minutes apart. By 9 p.m., they were 15 minutes apart, super strong. I took a shower. I... <laughs> Very Puerto Rican of me. I had my mom do my hair because I wasn't going to go to the hospital and be a mess. That is just fine. I showered, started getting ready with my first one too. I just wish I had someone to braid my hair. Yeah. So my mom, so my mom was doing my hair and like every couple of minutes I was like, okay, stop. And I went down like on a squat, went through the contraction, came back, sat down. So I labored at home as long as I could. At 11, yeah. I called the hospital and I was like, hey, so I'm like 10 to 15 minutes apart. They asked me how far I am. The hospital is literally like five minutes from my house. So oh, okay. they told me to just to just wait up for them to be five minutes apart. I was tracking it with a with an app, mm -hmm. tracking the contractions with an app. And the app was telling me, okay, like you got to get you got to get ready. And then when they were super close. They, I was like, okay, you got to go to the hospital. <laughs> so that's the best thing because, like, no one had to worry. All you had to do was, like, press the button. It's, it's, it's on. Press the button. It's off. That's yeah. it. Mm -hmm. The app kept, kept track. And we got to the hospital at midnight. And funny thing is, my I woke up my husband because if I had not gone into labor, he would have had to go work. So he went to bed. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah. I woke him up. And I'm like, we got to go. And he's like, we got to go where? Gotta go have a baby now. Can I go? We gotta go have a baby. So I was having contractions through it all. We got to the hospital. They took me up. We got to the hospital at midnight. By twelve fifteen, I was already checked into triage. The nurse checked me and she said, "You are at six inches, and your your water is bulging. Like it, you're about to break your water. So we gotta finish your shaking." checking you in put you in a room and then we'll check you to see if we can give you pain meds because i i knew i did not want an epidural mm -hmm. at all mm -hmm. but i was open to 
pain management. Uh-huh. Especially because I wasn't expecting it to be so quickly. Like I was expecting, you weren't expecting like to a, be entering transition when you got yes, there. Yes. Yeah. No, I was expecting it to be 14 hours like everybody, like I've always heard. No, 14 plus. Hours. 14 plus, 16, 20. Yeah. So that's that was not my case. That was totally not my case. Like at midnight, I got there at six at twelve fifteen. She was I was six at twelve thirty. I was already eight, and she looked at me and she was like, "Honey, Dang. I cannot give you anything because if I do, you are not gonna have your V back." Mm. So I had to do it. I had to do it all completely, no meds, nothing. And here are a couple of things that happened that make my my story completely unique is that first of all my my doctor my assigned doctor was not the one on call mm-hmm. he partnered with another doctor and that doctor had someone like from her office at another hospital and she was refusing to come down to see me even though I was more advanced than her patient what? she was refusing yeah she said that until I uh, un- that she was not going to come down until I hit 10 because she has someone in the other hospital although she although okay her one was not as far as me <laughs> um, yeah that was the first thing so because of liability lost and all of that like nurses cannot coach me or anything right um because we had TRICARE, we had not hired a doula because TRICARE pays for everything. And then I had no doctor. There was no doctor in the hospital. So I had, we had to do it like completely on our own. My mom, who was with me in the room, she'd only had two C-sections. So she also didn't know how, how things. She was just there telling me, Mommy, you can do this. Come on, just breathe. You can do this. It's just a, just 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 a couple of hours you can do this and i think one of the best sentences that i could hear was that one of the nurses grabbed my face she looked at me and she was like honey this baby is coming out before the sun comes up comes up so you're going to you're going to have a baby this baby's coming out before the sun comes up. If you're afraid that it's going to last a long time it's not this baby not. is coming out yeah. soon so that that was one of the best things that I could have been told because I was I was scared. I was like, man, enduring this for 12 hours. What is this? Yeah. Um, and sometimes it's so it's so nice. In fact, there's an image floating around somewhere of Julie doing that. And um, I've done that to you. Like you have to get like in the face sometimes yes. And, yes. and like look at me or just listen to me, you know, like listen to, my listen to my voice, pay attention to nothing else, but my voice right now. And yes. like, then it helps. I had the same thing with my labor. I got my, my midwife hugged me and got right in my ear and talked to me. And I was like, Oh, it just changed. Yep. It changed everything for me. Yes. Yes. It, yes, it did. It did. And right after she said that I kind of relaxed. Um, I was, in the bed and I was having all these flashbacks. My epidural um, incision from the last time was hurting. I was having all these PTSD from anxiety from all of that. So I managed to be, to ask to be placed on my side and off my back. Like I managed to say off my back because I couldn't talk. And when they yeah. got me off my back, 
they put a peanut ball and I got to relax. I went to 10, my water broke. And <laughs> that's when things get interesting. Oh, I'm sure they went quick too. Because <laughs> here's the thing. When the nurses walked in, so we called the nurses. When the nurses walked in, their their call button wasn't, like, it wasn't turning off. So she tells my husband, could you please just hit that blue button that is right behind the bed? And lo and behold, my husband pressed a blue button, but he accidentally pressed. Oh, no, the code button. Oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) I'm sure that got wild. <laughs> yes. Yes. So he accidentally oh. pressed the cold blue button. Oh, no. So my room was quickly filled with lots of doctors. They could not turn off the call. They could not turn off the cold blue. And for some reason, the security alarm also went off. So everything in my room just started just started malfunctioning. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, the security alarm also went off, and they could not turn it off. So while I was at 10 centimeters, they were trying to reach a doctor, telling her she already broke her water. She's already at a 10. We need you here yesterday. Mm-hmm. Where are you? Yeah. Um, all of this is going. All the alarms are going. There's a bunch of doctors at the door. Because they had to respond to the code and then they couldn't go until they turned it off, but they couldn't turn it off. So I remember that I started to get super anxious because they told me that I was at a 10 and I could feel her crowning and nothing, nothing was happening. And I thought, oh, my God, I can't do this. I, like, she's stuck. Yeah. I can't do this. Just, yeah. just they can't tell me Aww. what's going on. So I remember the nurse told me, do you want to feel her head? She is right there. And when I touched her head, that was such an adrenaline rush. Oh, yeah. I bet. That's when I heard like everybody at the door laughing and clapping like, oh, my God, look at her face. And I looked at the door and I'm like, who are all those people? (laughs) What is going on? And I thought that there was something really going on that that there was something really because there were so many doctors at the door understand what was going on this is everything this all of this was explained to me afterwards Mm -hmm. um my poor dad was in the waiting room with my oldest daughter and he heard the alarms went off he heard that there was a cold call into the mother's um section and he knew that the only person that was in there giving birth was me so my dad was about to have a panic attack and break down the doors on the outside because no one would tell him what was going on. No one would tell him that it was just an accident. He had no idea what was going on. Um, so he was, he was about to have a panic attack on the back. We're here with the alarms going off. And the doctor is not anywhere to, anywhere to be found. I'm crowning. I'm having the urge to push and the doctor's not break after my first urge to push that's when the doctor came and I kid you not she literally put her hands through the gown they put her face shield thing she sat down I had my second urge the nurse was right there in my ear and she coached me what to do how to do it and two pushes she was out the doctor um stitched me up oh the doctor actually pulled out my placenta and this is what my mom told me she was in such a hurry to get out that she pulled out my placenta she clipped everything she stitched me up you did a great job mom she left i have not to this day and it's been more than a year after my daughter has been born to this day i still have not no idea what's her face because <laughs> she was in a hurry to go back to her patient 
Apparently, jeez. I feel like someone else, yeah. someone else probably would have wanted to catch that baby more. You know. Yep. Yeah, jeez. definitely, definitely. So yeah, so after all of that, like I have a video of when they put my daughter on me, and like the first thing, and like full disclosure here, the first thing I said, like, "Mom, she came out of my vagina." Like I did it and I'm, I started bawling and crying. Aww. And it was honestly, like the review said, it was the most healing thing I could have ever experienced. And Aww. to my mom too, because she didn't she she didn't get a chance to give birth and for her to be there, she was like, We did it, you did it, you are super strong, and we were just crying. I don't think five minutes later I had already asked my my husband to go get my dad and my daughter and I got to hold my other daughter and hold them both and just be like oh my god they're both here and it was it was just amazing then we got interrupted by the um maintenance guy to (laughs) the maintenance guy (laughs) <laughs> yeah, to to fix all the all the things in all the room. buttons. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it was definitely something to remember, and an amazing thing was since I think since my thirty third week or something like that, I was having Braxton Hicks, and I was I was constantly like every single day, starting at three in the morning all the way till six in the morning. Sounds like some prodromal labor. Yes, for I would I would have contractions. And I always told my husband, this girl is either going to be born at 3am, or she is my labor is going to start at 3am. I kid you not. And 3 she was actually born at 3am. Stop. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. Mama's she, no, I'm telling she you. Was born, she was no. born on, at 3am on the dot. When I first find out, found out I was pregnant, I said she was going to be born on June 10th, and she was born on June 10th. Oh, my um, gosh. And then comparing her, comparing her to my daughter, like comparing ultrasounds, I also said how big she was going to be. And I got, like, I got the, the length and I got the, the weight. I got it all. Dang, so girl. All her stats. All her some stats, powerful I intuition. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. When you just said mom knows best, I was at a postpartum the other night and mm. her little kiddo was watching Rapunzel. Mama knows best. And I'm like, Mama uh, knows yes. best. Mama knows best. I'm like, yep, Mama knows best. Oh, yep, I love it. Knows best. Well, knows congratulations. Best. <laughs> Seriously. Oh, such a fun story. I, because you talked about prodromal labor there, I was actually going to talk about something else, but I want to talk about prodromal labor because this is something that when I go to my prenatals, I talk about, and a lot of people don't know what this is and they never heard of it before. So if you do not know what prodromal labor is, it's pretty much Mm -hmm. when your body is contracting and it tends to surface, like she said, In the middle of the night. So birthing parents are not (laughs) sleeping. They're contracting and then they wake up at five o'clock and everything's back to normal and they have to carry on with their day. So it happens, it happens often and um, we see it in our clients. So we really talk about that because also prodromal labor can make people think that it's real labor and it's time to go to the hospital because Mm -hmm. honestly it can get consistent. 
Like it really can. Like even three minutes apart, consistent. Mine yes. was like that yes. for like 21 days with my last yes. baby. Yes. Yes. I put it on in the hospital and I was like 38 weeks. They would have, what they would have done? They would have given me Pitocin. They would have, you know, tried or to speed up the process. Or, yeah. Or, or potentially. Yeah. I like it depends I it on depends. if you're um, not progressing. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, Cause like a lot of the times you go to the hospital and they're sending you home because you're actually not progressing because you're not in active labor. Right. Um, like not full blown labor. So when I say prodromal labor, like, I don't want to lessen that because let me tell you, women of strength, I know that this is so frustrating and exhausting and it honestly gets defeating when you're contracting like every day, you know? And so, but um, prodromal labor is consistent contractions and sometimes they're inconsistent, but they can get consistent that could even be strong but they never really progress. They never turn a corner. They never get longer or even stronger. They kind of consistently just kind of linger like that. And then they kind of pedal off and go away. Full-blown labor is when contractions get consistent that progress with intensity. They progress with strength or um, length and like really, really get, get going and get in active phase. So what can you do if you're having prodromal labor? That's what I want to talk about really quick. Because these things can potentially be game changer for you. And we actually have a blog all about it. So if you haven't checked out our blog, go check it out. We've got lots of awesome, juicy blogs for you at the vbacklink.com slash blog. And this one is how to turn prodromal labor into active labor. But some of the things you can do, yes. We're going to drop a link to that in the show notes too. So you can either go to our blog and search or Or click in the show notes. Look on the show notes. Yes. Um, So this, so take a bath. So taking a bath is amazing. It's nice and relaxing, but we like to add a little sugar and spice into it. Add Epsom salt and, you know, one or so cups is great. It's really good for the body. Mm Yeah. Yeah. It's nice and relaxing. No, you're fine. It's nice and relaxing. It helps. It's good for your body, your skin, all of it. Another way too is like labor will not stop because you're in water. So it's another really, yeah. yeah, it's another really good way to tell if you're in if it's like real blown, full blown labor, sometimes it can kind of slow it down and because it rela- helps relax the body, but it won't stop it. So taking and the, the bath- magnesium can really help. The magnesium is what really helps like slow it down if it's not real labor as well. That's why we recommend the magnesium. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The Epsom yeah. salt. Yeah. Changing positions. So moving around, hands and knees, going, you know, walking, seeing, things like that. Going to a chiropractor. Sometimes the uterus is actually trying to talk to you. The uterus is saying, this baby is not in the most ideal position and I want to change it. So I'm going to contract and make that happen. And so changing positions, seeing a chiropractor, doing spinning babies, things like that, those are going to encourage a better fetal position that could encourage this prodromal labor to either turn into active labor or just go away and leave you alone so you can sleep. (laughs) Hydration, if you're dehydrated. <laughs> active labor. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> no, but dehydration can actually cause the body to contract as well and, and kind of cause prodromal labor. So make sure you're drinking plenty of water, but also don't drink too much water because you can also dehydrate yourself if you're drinking too much water. So make sure to like add a little bit of like pink Himalayan salt in your water or uh, make sure you're eating like good nutritious foods and things like that. 
Another thing that some people may suggest is cramp bark. Cramp bark is something I know Julie took. I know many of my clients Love have taken it. and it doesn't taste good. It's disgusting. All. So yeah. have a chaser. Like, yeah. So amazing. It, it's like you're drinking liquid bark, right? I don't know. That's liquid bark. Like, no, it's like alcohol mixed with well, I don't know what. Dirt. Sour. Dirt. Patch kids. <laughs> I'm just like gross. Dirt. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I was just like, oh, maybe it's liquid bark. But no, it just doesn't taste great, but it can really help. So those are some good ideas for you. Definitely go check out the blog. We've got some links for you. So yeah, give it a, give it a go. And then, yeah, let us know if you have questions. But I just loved your story. And I'm so grateful that you shared it with us. <laughs> Thank you guys. Okay, my me. favorite moment was when you reached down to touch your baby's head and then like all the general all the adrenaline in the world just rushed into your body and you were like, Hell yeah, I've got yeah. this. Yes. I love it. Like when moms every time a baby's crowning and, and I know that um, one of my clients will be able to f- touch and feel their baby's head, I always ask. Even if like in our prenatal interviews, if they say no, I always ask. And sometimes they say no, but then when the head gets further out, I ask again. I just say are you sure your baby has hair Reach down and touch your baby? And then they reach down, they start crying. And then it's like, Ooh, baby's out. You know, like, it's <laughs> just so awesome. <laughs> it is so awesome. And there's so many times when these, these parents are like, Oh, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't know. But like, there is something about it. There's something about feeling your baby's head. I know it sounds weird, but it's a, there is a true motivation thing. It's just, it, it's real. It is so real. So it is. If you're ever in that position, don't don't try not to get too like grossed out or weirded out because really it's like like you said, it, it gives you some extra oomph. Like them. We've got a lot of like sing songy things. I like I have like <laughs> I don't know. My, my mind's just in a weird place right now. I guess. Are we like, gonna start rapping well, like oomph 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 oomph? Okay, you, you drop the beat, <laughs> Megan. You drop the beat, and then I'm gonna lay lay it lay it down. And then um, her Maria can, yeah, can her like Reese. start rapping, right? Because I'm like, yeah. I did it. I did it. I did it. <laughs> We've got this rap. <laughs> and then the V-back link goes, goes wild in the pop culture. Pop music. Well, we're on our world tour all around the country in our V-back yeah. and <laughs> We've got big plans. Oh, my gosh. Oh, well, you're just darling. Thank you so, so much. We could probably talk to you all night. Um, But yeah, seriously, thank you so much for sharing your story. Yes, thanks. It was so, so good to be with you. So before we go, I want to ask you a couple questions. What is a secret lesson or something no one really talks about that you wish you would have known ahead of time when preparing for your birth? Wow. Um, honestly, so many things, but it, it's just, I wish people would talk more about how thirsty you actually feel. How oh my you gosh, right? Really can't talk while you're having those contractions. I mean, I, I've, I always said to my husband, I want to yell at you. It was, this is all your fault. And <laughs> I promise you, God, God, I tried. I tried, but I just, I couldn't get it out. All I could say, it was you. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just, 
he just started laughing and then I got even even angrier at him because he was laughing because I couldn't say it and he was it was it was a hilarious moment within all the craziness that happened I really tried to tell him it was his fault but I I couldn't get it out I mean that's a total (laughs) lie in the movies and also um, I wish I would have known about the ring of fire like how it really like it burns it's not it's not it just it burns it's true and, tissue stretching truly yes right yes yeah and also i would also say that postpartum how how brutal it is and that it's okay to ask for help i think there there needs to be more awareness on that too yeah no yes. for sure and i love what you said in your i'm adding from your bio that you wrote you said that birth is birth no matter the way and I love that because and it let is. Me tell you why I said that. That is so important. So I was listening to one of your recent podcasts, and someone said that about her, her birth. That and she she ended up having two C sections. Um, mm-hmm. And she was just saying that birth is birth, and I just I embraced it because because birth is birth. And that episode with everything she said, I realized something and I'm just putting it out there just in case there's someone else that feels this way too. I was harboring anger towards my first daughter because she was Mm -hmm. stubborn and she had to be a C-section. And when I realized that I had like, I, I, I spoke with my therapist and we like, we had a conversation about it and I had to like forgive my daughter. Cause I mean, I had to go through that process in order to move on. Cause I didn't, I didn't understand. I didn't see it. And, and yeah, birth is birth and it was not her fault. No. Yeah. And, but like you said, like, because of the way we sometimes view birth or view our experience and, and process things like it can affect our postpartum experience. So one of the tips I would also suggest is have a postpartum plan, know your resources ahead of time so you can get into those resources. If you need them, know the signs, don't feel like you can't talk about things just because you just had a baby and it should be normal because you're tired and emotional and hormonal. That's, that's, not okay. Like talk about it. It's okay. It's okay to talk about it. And it's okay to recognize and be like, man, I didn't realize that I was harboring anger towards my daughter. I didn't know. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that. But for you to address that was huge. And I'm sure it was very healing. It was. And um, another thing, don't be afraid to also say no to people that come and try to tell you like you got to snap out of it because yeah yeah yes process there is a process Mm -hmm. and you do not need that type of people in your life during that time you need people that are gonna hold your hand and go at your pace not people that are trying to pull you and be like just snap out of it it's the baby's okay you're fine snap out of it yeah no it takes time so give yourself that time if anyone told me ever to snap out of it when I was in labor, I would punch them in the, I did it. I did it. Just, <laughs> like, seriously? No. Uh-uh. Nope. Cut out of my life. All done. Get out. Nope. Well, yep. well, I, what I struggle with is like it after like the whole, you know, you're, you're fine. The baby's fine. So buck up. Like it's fine. Like it, it is what it is. Like it's over with. And it's like, yeah, yeah. it is what it is. And 
I'm not getting over it right now. So leave me alone. (laughs) Um, I even even wrote a blog on like things not to say to a mom after a C-section. Yes. I heard so many things that it was like, are you really saying that? What's wrong with you? Right. We'll we'll link that in the show notes as well. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, And then the other question is, what is your biggest tip for someone preparing for a VBAC? Hire a therapist and hire a doula. Booyah. Beautiful. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. I wish I wish we would have done it and all the mental issues. And then even though even though I spoke with my mom, even though I spoke with my husband, like in the moment while my husband was looking at me suffering and he couldn't think anything in, in anything else. Like he called his mom. He was talking to his mom yeah. for like half Aww. an hour. Because he he didn't know what to do because I was in so much pain and he couldn't do anything about it. So the people that love us as much as they want to help us in that moment, they're suffering right there with you. So having that third party, it's definitely worth the investment. And if we were to have a third child, like I already told my husband, we are hiring a doula. Yeah. Yeah, I'll tell you what, I you know, I did two births without them and one birth with them and nine day difference. So um, I love it. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing your uh, insight on that. Thank you guys again. Once again, thank you so much for everything, for having me. It was such an honor. I've been looking forward to this for over a year. So I'm so happy right now. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Thank you so much. Interested in sharing your VBAC? Head over to the VBAClink.com slash share to submit your story. For information on all things VBAC, including online and in-person VBAC classes, the VBAC blog, and Julie and Megan's bios, head over to the VBAClink.com. Congratulations on starting your journey of learning and discovery with the VBAC link.